In September 2021, the U.S. was riveted by the disappearance of 22-year-old Gabby Petito. Gabby went missing somewhere in the Teton National Forest, though her boyfriend, who had been traveling with her, was back in Florida. About the time that Gabby's remains were found, Brian Laundrie went missing himself. He was later found, and his death was ruled a suicide. There was a notebook found with Brian that has piqued everyone's curiosity until now. Last week, Brian Laundrie's parents' attorney, Steve Bertolino, released a portion of that notebook to the public. In this episode, Katie and Christy share what was in the notebook and break it down. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad with katie and christy <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> you might have noticed that there are some changes taking place around here mm-hmm. we are changing our name we're rebranding we are now going to be the true crime squad mm-hmm. and you are all a part of our squad so welcome yeah. to the first squad meeting Absolutely. Uh, some of our branding isn't completely switched over yet and won't be for uh, the, a portion of this week. And then we'll be completely switched over. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, the whole nine yards. Everything TikTok. is changing. TikTok. Yep. All of it. It's a good change for us. We think it's mm-hmm. more accurate uh, and authentic to what we're doing. When we first started this channel, we wanted it to be a paranormal crime channel. But as it turns out, there's not a lot of paranormal crime. Right. And that's just not the direction we have found ourselves continuing to trend. And we decided that we needed to be more authentic to what we're truly doing. So that's the change. Uh, Nothing else is going to change for now. The Psychic Hour eventually is going to be a part of our subscription. And it will be an extremely nominal fee because we want you guys there for the psychic hour. We don't want anyone to not be able to attend. So for don't sure. worry. It's going to be really easy to attend, but uh, that's the only thing that you'll see changing and we're not doing that for a month. So don't yeah. panic. Don't worry. Everything is fine. Yep. This is good. It's very good. It is. We're going to be here doing what we do. We just uh-huh. feel like we need to more accurately represent what it is that we do. And this feels better to us Mm -hmm. so you know we've been at this This is our third season we've been at this for two and a half years and well you know we're finding ourselves you know yeah Yeah, we are (laughs) yeah so that's where it's at uh you guys uh some of you know we took a trip over the weekend to boise to celebrate my birthday it was fabulous by the way we had a blast oh man we ate too much we drank too much we had too much sun and just plenty of fun. We got a lot of lavender at the Lavender Festival. 
Yes, we did. And we uh, had a great conversation about changing our name and went ahead and implemented it. So here we are. Right. So when you see the true, we kept our colors the same. We tried to keep everything the same enough that it would be easy to find. Mm -hmm. So that when you see the true crime squad pop up, you're not like, who the hell is this? Nope, yeah. it's us. It's us. Yep. So enough about that. Let's talk about what we're doing here today. So it, this is our Tuesday episode. And obviously, uh, you probably have already heard about this because this information broke last Friday. Uh, had we been home, it would have obviously been an immediate live stream, but sure. we were on vacation. So we just had to sit on it and that's okay. We're good with that. It's been uh, percolating this whole time though. Mm -hmm. For sure. And so this of course is about the, uh, the Brian Laundry notebook. So this is not a typical episode with uh, segments. We're just going to focus on the Brian Laundry, Gabby Petito yeah. stuff because it certainly merits an entire episode of its own. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe what we should do first is take a step backwards and talk about this case from the beginning. Sure. Because, uh, you might need a bit of a refresher. So somewhere around the 27th of August, they, we believe it is the 27th of August, mm -hmm. Gabby and Brian were in the Grand Teton National Forest. They were camping there. They, of course, were living that van life. You know, they'd been vamping right. across the country. And they were supposed to head back home in October. This was the last mm -hmm. leg of their trip. And we know that there had been some altercations. There had been a legal... Uh, altercation or an altercation in Moab, Utah, uh, shortly there before in, in August, uh, where the police were involved. And, you know, that's another episode all in itself. You guys probably already know that story, but uh, that was grossly mishandled by the Moab uh, police. And we do have an episode of it. Like we, we have, do. we've covered all of this. So yeah, we it's have. there. We, we've Let's covered the hell out of this already. Yeah. Uh, they got to Grand Teton National Forest. We know that earlier in the day, in the afternoon of the 27th, there was an altercation in Jackson, Wyoming. So Jackson Hole, Wyoming is 36 miles, or no, I'm sorry, 36 minutes by car from where Gabby's body was found. Yeah. So not far. It's, that's the closest uh, community. The second closest one, I believe, would have been Victor, Idaho, Mm -hmm. Ordrigs yeah. uh, would have been. So Jackson Ordrigs have medical centers. Uh, there's actually a small hospital in Driggs. Right. Uh, Jackson, I believe, is more of a medical center than a hospital. But anyway, there is medical. But they do have life flight. They, yeah, and it's used frequently. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's not that it's completely unavailable. Why does that matter? Well, we'll get there. You'll see. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, we know that he had a fight there with an, a waitress at the Mary Piglets, which is a beautiful little restaurant in Jackson Hole, a Mexican restaurant that we've been eating at since we were children. Yes, it was our dad's favorite place. He loved oh, yeah. to go there. For good reason too, amazing mm -hmm. place. But he was a dick there and got, uh, had Gabby in tears. She ended up coming in back in alone and apologizing to the server for his behavior. He stormed back in there twice to yell at them some more. I mean, it's yeah. just unbelievable. So that's the kind of mindset he was in that day. Yeah. And then we know 
that on September 1st, he showed back up in Florida at his parents' house all by himself. Yeah. Driving the van. No cabby. Yep. We know that he and his family went camping. They did. He came home without his girlfriend and they took a little trip together. And then we know that sometime around September 14th, he loaded a backpack and drove his Mustang to a local nature reserve and was never seen again. We also know that the next day, his parents drove over to that reserve and got that car and brought it back to their house. Yep. So that's how things had played out. In the meantime, Gabby's mother on the 27th got a weird text from her sometime between the 27th and 28th a weird text from her that uh didn't seem to be from her indicating that they were heading to california yes and then never heard from her daughter again we know all of this we know that at some point gabby's dad and stepdad got to grand teton national forest to help search for her uh they, her parents talked to the authorities in Florida first who had talked to the authorities in Teton. That's where the search started. Right. We then know that, of course, her body was found there. And Brian was already gone. And then, of course, there was a lengthy search for weeks for Brian in some gator-infested waters in a place that uh, was flooded. And when the waters receded, his parents helped join the search and walked directly to his body. Yeah. And then of course produced his backpack and the notebook. And we've all been wondering ever since what the hell is in the notebook. Yes. Since then the FBI has closed the case. They said, we do believe that Brian was responsible and there's nothing we can do. Goodbye. Everyone has wondered, why didn't his parents catch a a charge? Did they know? What did they know? Did they help him? Like, what the hell is this about? We've all wanted to know. Everyone's been asking. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, Gabby's parents filed suit against the Laundries for their pain and suffering because they have said they do believe that they knew Gabby was dead. They believe they knew where Gabby was. And that they just sat on that information and refused to tell. Yeah. So, interestingly. Gabby's family suffer for all that time. All that time. Last Wednesday on the 22nd, they were in court for a preliminary Mm -hmm. uh, to this case for the judge to decide, are they presenting enough evidence to trudge forward? Well, two days later on the 24th of June, the the FBI met with the Bertolino, or with Mr. Bertolino, the laundry's attorney, as well as with Gabby's mother and her attorney mm-hmm. to separate the two people's belongings and give things back to them. We also know that earlier this year, the laundries did file a petition with the FBI to get that notebook. They mm-hmm. wanted to get their hands on that. Right. They and everybody else. What the hell does it say? Mm-hmm. So then on Friday, Steve Bertolino released eight pages of the notebook to the public. Yeah. Just eight pages. And our understanding is there's more. But this is what we actually have been able to see. Mm-hmm. 
there was something else in the note, or there's something else that was received as well that uh, was a letter from Roberta Laundry, Brian's mom, to Brian. We know that the envelope said, burn this after reading. I mean, that's not chilling at all, is it? From mother to son. Mm-hmm. Now, Brian's, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Gabby's attorney, Gabby's parents' attorney, Patrick Riley, he shared a little bit of what was in that letter in an interview with Brian Enton. He didn't tell you everything. Uh, he can't until they go to court. This is, you know, yeah. basically his ace in the hole. He can't tell us everything. But he did say mm -hmm. that there's an offer from Roberta to assist her son. She said, if you go to jail, I'll bake a cake and put a saw in it. He said, Gabby is referenced in it. Steve Bertolino says that the cover on that letter was just, it's a movie clip. Or, you know, it's the name of a movie. That's just a thing to say. Uh, and the, <laughs> With a very, very specific and well-known meaning, mm -hmm. everyone knows what that yeah. means. And he said that he thinks that Brian's mother wrote this letter months before the trip. Well, okay, Steve. In reference to what? What was he going to be going to prison for months exactly. before? That's ridiculous. Also, but, a saw in a cake. Come right. on, lady, this is not a cartoon. That's not a real thing. You can't right. do that. God. But also, Mr. Riley also says that when Steve Bertolino read the letter, he hadn't seen it before. None of them had seen it before, mm -hmm. uh, except for Roberta, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like the FBI found it when they searched their home and cars. Okay, and, so way back. Wow. Uh-huh. And when uh, he says that when Mr. Bertolino read the letter, he was visibly shaken up. Oh, like that he knows now that his clients are guilty. Lying of, liars from Liarsville? Yeah. If he didn't already. Of, you know, yeah. assisting Brian after the fact. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. We weren't born yesterday. My God, these people. I, I, they can't even get the worst parents of the year award because it's worse than that. It is. It's, yeah. So, we want to read the letter to you, uh, the the confession. However, <laughs> the attorney says there's at least one more confession. Mr. Riley says there's at least one more confession uh, digitally and maybe one more beyond that. And it sounds like it's possible that they all have conflicting information. Those are things that will come out over time. Mm -hmm. We haven't, we don't know yet. This bunch of bullshit that brian wrote up uh is a bunch of bullshit and it's just a short story mm -hmm. written to make him appear as though he's a hero and not a murderer mm -hmm. it's I mean, a short story that's poorly written at that yes very poorly written <laughs> ridiculous it it has no basis in fact it is not believable in any way no it, and and it does give you quite a view into Brian psychologically mm -hmm. the way that he turns this all around to make him the big hero and how mm -hmm. he's really the victim in this whole thing. Yeah. is so gross and so telling. Oh yeah. The narcissism runs real deep. Oh my God. 
It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. So we're going to share that. Uh, I think it's really important that you hear the whole thing as we have it, of course. And then we're going to share some uh, a slideshow and, and tell you a few things about the place where Gabby was found mm -hmm. and why this is a load of horse shit. So let's start with, I think, the letter, do you think? Yeah, I do. Okay. All right, here we go. Put on your seatbelts. <laughs> Gabby, I wish I was right at your side. I wish I could be talking to you right now. I'd be going through every memory we've made, getting even more excited for the future. I can't live without you. I've lost every day we've spent together, every holiday. I'll never get to play with something again. Never go hiking with TJ. Loved you more than anything. I can't bear to look at our photos to recall great times because it's why I cannot go on. When I close my eyes, I think of laying on the roof of the van Falling asleep to the sight of a meteor shower at the, at the crystal geyser. I will always love you. If you were reading Gab's journal, looking at the photos from our life together, flipping through old cards, you would not want to live a day without her. Knowing that every day you'll wake up without her, you wouldn't want to wake up. I'm sorry to everyone this will affect. Gabby was the love of my life, but I know, but I know adored by many. I'm so very sorry to her family because I love them. I'd consider her younger siblings my best friends. I'm so sorry to her family. This is a shock to them as well as a terrible grief. They loved as much, if not more, than me. A new daughter to my mother, an aunt to my nieces or nephews. Please do not make them harder for them. This occurred as an unexpected tragedy. Rushing back to our car to cross the streams of Spread Creek before it got too dark to see, too cold. I hear a splash and a scream. I could barely see. I couldn't find her for a moment, shouted her name. I found her breathing heavily, gasping my name. She was freezing cold. We had just come from the blazing hot national parks in Utah. The temperature had dropped to freezing and she was soaking wet. I carried her as far as I could down the stream towards the car, stumbling, exhausted in shock when my knees buckled and I knew I couldn't safely carry her. I started a fire and spooned her as close as I could to the heat. She was so thin, had already been freezing too long. I couldn't at the time realize I should have started a fire, but first I wanted her to be out of the cold and back to the car. From where I started the fire, I had no idea how far the car might be, only knew it was across the creek. When I pulled Gabby out of the water, she couldn't tell me what hurt. She had a small bump on her forehead that eventually got larger. Her feet hurt, her wrist hurt, but she was freezing, shaking violently. While carrying her, she continually made sounds of pain. Laying next to her, she said little lapsing between violent shakes gasping in pain, begging for an end to her pain. She would fall asleep and I would shake her awake, fearing she shouldn't close her eyes if she had a concussion. She would wake in pain, start the whole painful cycle again, while furious that I was the one waking her. She wouldn't let me try to cross the creek, though just like that this fire would go out in her sleep and she'd freeze. 
I don't know the extent of Gabby's injuries, only that she was in extreme pain. I ended her life. I thought it was merciful. That is what she wanted. But I see now all the mistakes I made. I panicked. I was in shock. But from the moment I decided, took her pain away, I knew I couldn't go on without her. I rushed home to spend my only time, any time I had left, with my family. I wanted to drive north and let James or TJ kill me, but I wouldn't want them to spend time in jail over my mistake, even though I'm sure they would have liked to. I am ending my life not because of a fear of punishment, but rather because I can't stand to live another day without her. I've lost out on our whole future together, every moment we could have cherished for. I'm sorry for everyone's loss. Please do not make life harder for my family. They lost a son and a daughter. The most wonderful girl in the world. Gabby, I'm sorry. I have killed myself by this creek in the hopes that animals may tear me apart. That may make some of her family happy. Please pick up all of my things. Gabby hated people who litter. <laughs> For God's sake. Wow. First of all, it's all about <laughs> Brian all the time. Uh, yeah. Also, very focused on her family wanting revenge on him. Yeah. For yeah. an accident. Immediately enacting some more cruelty on her family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Implying she would go and let her dad or stepdad kill him. Yeah. Implying that they would. You know, right. like... What, because you think everyone's like you, you psychopath? So if his story's to believe, be believed, he killed her out of mercy. You know, like she's a racehorse or something. He just went ahead and killed her because she was suffering, as you do. Then kind and of she tried fell in to... the creek and bumped her head, and that means she's dying? Yeah. Then tried to dig kind of a shallow grave covered her in some rocks and brush not a lot there's that ground ground is really hard and rocky that would have been impossible oh, yeah. to dig much and then got in his van and headed home like immediately because he showed up in florida on the first which means he would have had to get in his van that night and get going yeah so he couldn't see well enough to find the van while or she find was alive her in the creek <laughs> yeah to get her to safety, but then as soon as he killed her, he managed to, you know, kind of do a little makeshift uh, burial and then get his ass right to the van and head for Florida. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting, Brian. Sure. Because that's what people do when someone is injured. Someone they love. Mm -hmm. Can't live without. So I want to, we'll, we'll keep talking here, but I'm going to start a stream here. A, a slideshow so that we can give you a look at some of the things uh, that you should know about the area. So here are, this is the uh, the letter or the notes in its entirety. I don't expect you to be able to really read that, but uh, this is it. Interesting that this last little bit, please pick up all of my things, Gabby hated people who litter, is uh, in a different pen. It is, yeah. Like a side note. 
and what a bizarre it's just bizarre it's all very bizarre why in this moment of he just killed her mm-hmm. and now he's going to kill himself is mm-hmm. he worried about littering yeah like good question none of this makes any sense at all so here's a map of this portion the uh, grand teton national forest is an enormous place it's an enormous wilderness this is right at the edge of it it's Mm -hmm. not i mean if you see where spread creek is here it's not that far from the main highway no not that far at all so this is what the bridger teton national forest looks like And here is, this is the main road. And here's mm-hmm. the turn off to Spread Creek. Here is Spread Creek. This is exactly where Gabby was found. This is a little memorial that I believe her stepdad actually did. Oh, okay. Uh, you can see in the background the Grand Tetons. Uh, this is the creek. I'm just not seeing enough... Um water and large boulders to have caused a fatal head injury it's not that deep and it's not that fast and this was september which means that this water this was august or august i mean and this is when that water is going to be at its lowest Mm -hmm. at its very lowest and it's at its warmest now granted uh this area is about 6,700 feet elevation. It's yeah. a high elevation. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who came here from Florida, who came from, you know, where they're at sea level, that's a very high elevation. Mm-hmm. And so it could have affected the way they were performing, breathing, functioning. But they'd been here a bit. They'd been on the side of this country for a bit. But it wasn't that cold. This is one of the things that really bothers me about his story is that it wasn't that cold that day. Mm-mm. According to Weathers Park on August 27th, the low was 49 and that would have been around midnight and the high was in the 70s. Yeah. So at no point was it below freezing. It wasn't even close Not to even below. Close. It was 20 degrees warmer than that. And around 9 p.m., where that's the other part of the story that is hard for me, is that even like between 9 and midnight, it was still in the 50s. Right. I mean, yeah, it would suck to fall in the water, but would you freeze to death? No, you wouldn't. Definitely not. It wasn't that cold at all. No. No. This is the road that that... uh, campsite is on mm-hmm. and here's just a few more shots of that direct area now it's true that he this was you would from the road you did have to cross a couple of uh creeks to get to her however mm-hmm. uh again the the creek the creek however you say it and in your neck of the woods is not that big of a deal no, it's not. This is some topography of this mm-hmm. area, uh, which I thought was interesting because we had wondered. The van was 300 yards from where Gabby was found. 300 yards. That's not, not that very far. very damn far. 
that's not so far that you couldn't have uh, gotten help. Here's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Brian Enton live streamed this spot. Yeah. There was service. Yeah. He could have called for help. Mm-hmm. If this stupid ass story was actually true, which again, I just don't think it is. No. There's a million things he could have done besides choke her out. Right, right. This was absolutely the very last option, if ever it even was an option. Mm-hmm. It's all very convenient. And this is the last part of the uh, last thing I wanted to share. And this is just a little uh, memorial that someone else had left there for Gabby. But I wanted you to see what the ground looks like here. Mm-hmm. See how hard it is and how yeah. rocky it is. There's no digging in that. No. If there was, we might not have ever known where Gabby went. Right. I'm still amazed that we, her body was found before a bear drug it off because the yeah. predation there is a very real threat. There are tons of grizzly bears in that area. And if a bear had drug her away, they would have probably never found her. Well, but, wolves. I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot of predators in that area. Yeah. The fact that yeah. that her body was found before it was yeah. uh drug off isn't it especially it in the end of august because they're the bears are getting ready for winter you know they're yeah. cashing food and yep yeah yep for sure but, but this uh, also was not that far from a whole camp area where there were other people yes you know yeah. that probably it would not helped. have been hard to get help if this story was true so i think we can put a pin in it that we just don't believe it for lots of reasons and also because he fled right he fled and he stole her money to do so i mean come on yeah you know it's just a kick in the guts to her family to have to endure this stupid ass story you know from start to finish it's just such a kick in the gut to her family all of it and then she was just so frail that yes. she fell in the creek and she was so thin and mm-hmm. so cold. Like, have you seen pictures of her? I mean, she looks like a healthy, vigorous young woman mm-hmm. who was camping her way across the U.S. Yeah. yeah. That whole pipe dream of his is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Makes me absolutely furious, especially because it centers him. Yep. He's the real victim in all of this. Yes. And he's, I can't go on without her. He's doing the right thing by taking his life. But he should have just let her family kill him for what he's done. I mean, come the fuck He's not on. doing this because he doesn't want to be prosecuted. It's because he's just so sad. Right, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Such crap. Ugh. Honestly, mercy killing? Um, Especially in this way. I mean, occasionally you have, like, a chronically ill person or very elderly people that you'll see a charge like that come up when they go, I did it because, you know, she was begging me to. Okay. Those, you kind of go, that's very sad. Maybe I understand that, but no, no. No. And someone you love is injured and your response is to put them out of their misery and not do everything humanly possible to get help and get them to a medical center as soon as possible. Bullshit. It's just even, it's hard for me to even fathom that as a possible answer. Yeah, no, this is as fake as it gets. Oh, 100%. It's just but, so disgusting. I mean, it tells you what kind of narcissist this dude is. Mm-hmm. 
that he would center himself in all of this, make himself the hero for committing murder, and make himself the hero for coming home as soon as possible to spend as much time with his family as he could before Mm -hmm. he had to then go take his own life. Yes. You know, like, come on. Uh, So gross. Such a hero. But it it confirms solidly in my head what I already knew about him from watching those video, the the body cam of the Moab police about yep. what a narcissist this little shit was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. Ugh. 100%. So, the next questions are, is the judge going to let this move forward? I would say yes at this point. And then, of course, will we get to see what was in the other letter and potentially what was in the other confessions and how does right. mr riley know there's other confessions because yeah. the fbi said so yeah. and brian enton asked him are you going to be able to get a hold of those and he said oh yeah absolutely we will yeah there's lots more to come but that's what we know right now well i don't think the fbi is too concerned about holding anything back at this They're point not. because They're the dead. perpetrator's dead yeah yeah there, there's really nothing to hide so well, and Gabby's family has the right to know exactly what he wrote, what he said, what his crazy mother's letter says. Mm-hmm. They have the right to know all of it. Yep. And to use that information in whatever way they choose to. Yep. God, it's just yep. horrifying. It is. And, and maddening and disgusting. I mean, just all of it. It's all of the mm-hmm. things, you know. So that's what we know right now. And we'll keep going with this and let you know, you know, we'll keep sharing as we know more and mm-hmm. fleshing it out as we can. So that's it. So we will be back tomorrow, Wednesday, for another episode. We will be back on Wednesday night for case updates. And boy, there's a bunch of them. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on. Interesting stuff. And then we'll be back Thursday night for the Psychic Hour. So Join our squad, like, subscribe, share, come be a part of what we're going on, what we have going on around here. Come right. find us on Facebook. We have a discussion group. It's True Crime Squad discussion group on Facebook. We would love for you to join that. Thank you guys for being here so very much. We appreciate your support. As always, you have been listening to The True Crime Squad with Katie and Christy. Thanks for being here and have a good day. Bye, everybody.